changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday, and today we have a special guest, Dr. Lois Kraslovsky, who's going to talk about something that really fascinates me, and that is people who are on the autism spectrum. Uh, Lois earned her PhD in educational psychology from the University of Texas, Knoxville, and she specializes in the autism spectrum, ADHD, people with anxiety, and in general, people who are not neurotypical. And I wanted to talk to her today about autism and the holidays and how we can learn more about people who are on the spectrum so that we are more accepting, more understanding and less judgmental when we see somebody, quote, acting out during the holidays. Fair enough. And thank you for having me, Amy. And, and that's the gist of the holidays. The holidays, by design, are about connecting. And connecting is love. And it's evolutionarily we need it, uh, especially in the wintertime when we need more carbs and we need more warmth and we need more social bondings. Human beings thrive in, in social gatherings. And we get all those great drugs. Oxytocin comes when you, when you do that cuddling and that social bonding and that connecting. That's when you start feeling the serotonin and the well-being and the anxiety goes down. So with all the tips that we talk about today, the gist of it is the paradigm you can always use when you're making a choice about decision planning for individuals with autism or, or guests or t- preparing your, your guest for individuals who are going to be coming with autism. Is it about connecting? Is it about love? Because there's, there's two, as a psychologist, I get to study emotions, and there's two, love and fear. Now, connecting is love. Fear is divisive. So let's start with strangers. Let's say you're on the plane and you're going to that family gathering. When I edited our book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, Mm -hmm. it was such an eye-opener for me. And I never reacted the same way again when I sat on an airplane and the kid behind me was screaming or kicking my seat. Mm -hmm. Because I went immediately to, that parent is doing the best he or she can that kid might be on the autism spectrum. I am not going to turn around and glare at that parent in a judgmental fashion. I am just going to endure this because that parent is enduring this 100% of his time, and Uh I only have to endure it for two and a half hours. And if we can switch, because you've got this positive growth gratitude mindset, and all throughout the Chicken Soup brand does that which is what we adore about this in our, in, our, in our company. And we highly recommend your books to our, our clients, especially that one about Chicken Soup for the Soul, um, Raising Kids on the Spectrum. I think that's really quite a connecting book. And it's about showing these all these experiences of all these human beings and presuming confidence about these individuals with, with autism. And so your question is, do we need to endure it? Or can we actually turn that into something to be? Can I be precisely who that parent and that child need me to be at that moment? How can you help the situation? Now, individuals with autism are hypersensitive. You know, back in the Leo Connor days, we were told, oh, they're from Ice Cube parenting. They have little empathy. That's actually not true. We see now with fMRIs that they're actually overstimulated, hyperconnectivity, amazingly sensitive. So to help in that situation, to be precisely who that parent needs you to be on the airplane, it would not be enduring it, which so is one method. So what do you do? I turn around... I smile at the kid. I smile at the parent. What do I say to help that parent with that child? The less words, the better, especially with non-normative communicators. If they're having a tantrum at the moment, they are overstimulated. So being that presence. Now, emotions are catching. So if you need to turn around, you can. But turn around, with again, with that calm presence because you're adding 
to the negative emotions if you are enduring it. But if you can turn around peacefully and maybe even mouth to the parent, may I help? Just something quiet. Right. How may I help and smile? And with genuine intention, that's the beautiful thing about individuals with autism. They're so authentic. What you see is what you get. I love them because they're so straightforward. So with genuine intent, and if your intent's not genuine, just do this sit there and be, you know, as polite and as enduring as you can. But if you can muster it, if you have that willpower, do turn around. May I help? And smile at that child because they are picking up on your emotions. Emotions are catching, and especially so with individuals with autism. Yeah, I was reading a story the other day. I think I edited it for our book that's coming out in February, which is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Random Acts of Kindness. I Mm -hmm. think that's where I read this. But there was a child who was telling his mother, Mom, it's not that we people who are on the autism spectrum don't have empathy. We have too much empathy. We're overfeeling everything. We are filled with feelings of empathy for other people and That was an eye-opener for me. Even after doing that whole book, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, Mm -hmm. I had not gotten that, that people with autism are not unfeeling. They are overfeeling. Human beings are a spectrum, and those overfeelings are those – they have a different perspective. As Barb, um, my business partner, who is a nonverbal autistic, says, autism is my prism, not my prison. So that is actually quite an asset, that sensitivity. It gives us perspectives and compassion and empathies that we are having trouble even imagining. And it's hard to function in this hard, caustic, overstimulated world. But now that you're starting to understand, that's the step. And again, if we're assuming that what are holidays for, they're for connecting, right? That adds to our collective unconscious and collective conscious. It helps us. If it's for connection, then understanding brings appreciation and appreciation is needed for love. So the more you understand about individuals, how they might be processing with their different neurologies, the better we are are at connecting. So every choice is that connection. So you've already made the first choice on if you see a tantrum, now's not the time to judge. Now's not the time to give parenting tips, speaking less, and changing your inter- energy to be as positive and supportive. Uh, it's simply a genuine intent. When you know we have collective intentions of the same uplifting purpose, miracles happen. I have never judged anybody again after editing <laughs> that book about raising kids on the spectrum. It changed everything for me, and I hope that people who have Children on the spectrum will make every single person in their family read a book like that so that they understand. So now let's say you're at your family gathering Mm -hmm. and there are 25 people there and one person comes with his eight-year-old child who is on the autism spectrum. So what happens that's wrong and what can we do that's right in this situation? Well, planning is right. Um, those parents, uh, we actually had a Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving was about 50 people, and we had two autistic individuals come, um, a nine-year-old boy who was considered high-functioning and our, of course, 44-year-old Barb who is considered – no one would consider her high-functioning as nonverbal <laughs> feces smearings, but she has written three books. So there's a range there. And how can you do it is by planning. And again, if our intent is to connect – Let's make it easy. If prior to getting there, you want, want to give them heads up. Most are visual learners. Again, we're understanding people uh, whose neurology has autism labels. So, hmm, they're often visual learners. So you give them heads up. Pictures of what the, the house might look like if they haven't been there. Photographs of relatives who may be there. And letting, get, letting the relatives know heads up. If you're this particular individual with autism who's overstimulated just because of the, the neurological wiring, do they prefer hugs? Do they not prefer hugs? Give people the heads up on that. And again, it's 
you want to connect. So be a great listener. Watch the kid. Most communication is nonverbal anyway. So it's like talking with a an older person who can't hear. You you match their tone, their cadence, and you know, you really give them good eye contact and you become the best listener you can be to that individual. And that may be just hanging out near them and smiling and being and doing things that they enjoy that don't necessarily involve a lot of communication or social action or being talked at. Being in their presence as a quiet, peaceful energy is often very helpful. And joining in kind of sandbox activities. I made sure that there was plenty of space for everybody, and we had different activities in a variety of places of the house and a, and a bug-out zone. If, if individuals did get overstimulated, there was a place to go. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You say it's okay to go for walks and stuff and get out of the house. But just for 50 bucks, my dad goes to Home Depot and gets us lighting. So we have the, the front yard is lit up and the backyard is lit up. Just these lights on stands so that kids, adults, anybody can go out, get a little space, get a little fresh air to regulate. I love choose. the idea of preparing. Like you could go on Zillow, get pictures of the house you're going to. Yeah. Or if you're going to a store, anything, you can use all of the internet facilities that are there now. You can use Google Street View or anything and show where you're going. Show the map mm-hmm. because I know a lot of people on the spectrum are really into directions and maps yes. and they want to know exactly where Specific. they're going uh-huh. and maybe even say to them, Normally, we would go this way, but sometimes there's traffic, and so there might be an adjustment to the route, right? Because yep. I know those specifics a lot of a lot of people on the spectrum don't want to change that route. If that yep. route is the prescribed route, you are not supposed to go off the route. So you have to prepare them for the fact you might change the route. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Show them photos of everybody. Show them photos of what the food's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Maybe play some Christmas carols so they know what that kind of thing sounds like ahead yes. of time. Yeah, what what music they should expect, um, you know, who will be there. And yes, the route, but also if there's contingencies. And be really specific about that. If there's no traffic or this this is the route we take. But sometimes we might have a different adventure. And you, again, with your positivity, that's where you go with it. So right. you make that flexible thinking. This is the way we plan to go, but it may change up and we'll have a little adventure and we'll be arriving just fine too. Um, when Barb... Started typing on her own, and we said, you know, whatever party you want. She designed a party, and she likes to know specifically when things start and when things end. And she said, okay, I wanted to start at this time and at this stuff. I want this particular food and no talking and sandbox-type activities. And that's another thing is having a variety of activities that any age can do. Like we have some outside, the bag of different front games, um, just giant balls that you can get for inexpensive at Target or wherever, uh, maybe a room where you can do quiet drawing or painting that's not hugely messy, just anybody can go and be still and quiet and be creative. That doesn't need a lot of supervision, but everybody can go, go and just be themselves and do what they wish. We had a we drained our pool because it occurred to me that we can't swim in it right now, so we can skateboard in it. And I'm like, oh, we got to recover it anyway. Uh, we had to resurface it, and so we spray painted it. And I, I mean, saw that. <laughs> I saw that picture somewhere. I don't. I was I was looking at you on the internet, and I saw that pool, and it was painted in these bright colors. It looked fabulous. You made it into a skateboard park. <laughs> yeah, the historical society is having a fit about it. But other than that, everybody enjoyed it. Now that's three-year-olds and 85-year-olds and everybody in between. Teenagers are writing whatever they want on that with spray paint. Now, we can't all spray paint our pools, but you get the idea. Just something, a place where you can be and create that are sandbox-type activities. And so I have a question for you because the other thing that we all have, or many of us have at our holiday functions is our older relatives yeah. with dementia. 
We had those Which too. Of these, a lot of these techniques for people on the spectrum sound like techniques you could use to calm the anxiety of someone with dementia who's coming to one of these holiday parties. And that is precisely my point. If the intention is connection, which is love, then all the decisions are based on that. It's not about teaching them how to eat all these different foods. It's not about teaching them how to behave. Not at this time. This time is about connecting and being there with them. So just like with the old people, you're just being there and totally listening, looking at their body like, and you can you can see you can see their little heart rate and cell when they're chill, and when they're not relaxed, and you can be more relaxed and connecting. And also on the eye contact, this is not speech therapy, intervention, psychology time. If eye contact is too overwhelming for them right now, you can be with them, match, matching their cadence and not looking directly in their eye, but still being with them. For people on the spectrum, or for people with dementia, also. <laughs> I think people with dementia, in my case, in my mother's case, she likes the eye contact right. and the smiling and the connection. But again, the, the same reason we gave the individuals who are struggling with dementia also a chill zone. Uh, they had several bedrooms that were far away from the main crowd and they could enjoy a quiet space when they got overwhelmed. And maybe it's even a good idea to assign somebody and say, look, when grandpa looks overwhelmed, you could tell he can't follow any of the conversations. Mm-hmm. Take him into another room and just talk to him one on one slowly. Mm-hmm. Don't try to take him out of his comfort zone. Let him talk about something that happened in the 1950s because that's where he wants to be right now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And all you're trying to do is be – you're just trying to charm them and connect them and be with them. And I do want to mention something about gifts because a lot of people think, well, I want to give them something for autism. You know, what does he like? You know, get them something they can unwrap. But let me tell you, individuals with autism, it's a lot of expensive care for their parents. So – Money is not a crazy, inappropriate gift. You can still give them something they can unwrap that the child may enjoy. But uh, many of our clients uh, and people that come on the podcast and some of these parents are saying, you know, money would actually help so that we can go to a hotel or have a respite or get them, you know, swim thing. And that's the other gift, respite. If you can give the gift of, like your coupon ideas, coming over and watching the, being with the child for two hours, doing their activity. If they like to do Legos without talking, then you're going to get to do Legos without talking and enjoy that moment while the parents get to go to a movie or, God forget, go have sex somewhere and enjoy some peace and connecting with adults. Do it. Well, these are all great tips for the holidays. Thank you, Lois, so much for joining us today. I'm Amy Newmark. If you want to learn more about the book we mentioned today, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum, You can learn more about it on our website, chickensoup.com. You can learn more about Lois on her website, muleandmuseproductions.com. And come back Monday to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast to hear a couple of stories about what some people think is impossible, spouses working together.